1: All right, everybody, we welcome you to instead of a crossover Thursday edition, It's a crossover getting you ready for Thanksgiving Thursday edition of the Locked On Cowboys and Locked On Washington football team podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Russell, host of Locked On Washington football. Uh, And joining us now is Marcus Mosier, who is the co-host along with Landon McCool of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I was just listening to the guys getting ready for this edition uh, of this crossover as we get ready for Thanksgiving day. First of all, uh, Marcus, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. I, I, I know er- everybody's going through everything and whatever. Uh, so I hope for the best you know, for everybody and, and for all of your audience and for your family and Landon's family and uh, everybody. And, and I know we have to talk football, but that's family is most important at this time of the year and giving thanks to what we have to give thanks to.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Chris, for that introduction. And I'm very thankful this year that we get we get a, a Thanksgiving game that has some playoff implications, right? I, I thought a couple of weeks ago, you know, this was going to be a real bummer. This, You know, the Cowboys obviously are not going to do it all that much this year. And, you know, because the NFC East is so awful, this game actually really matters. And it's going to feel a little bit like a playoff game. So I, I'm very thankful that we might get some – competitive, high-intensity
1: football on Thursday. Yeah, who would have thought we could spin this outside of the <laughs> NFC least, right? Two, two three-win teams. And, and 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 I was saying a FedEx field on Sunday afternoon before the Washington-Cincinnati game and well before the Cowboys then beat Minnesota. I said, you know, if Washington loses a game that they honestly shouldn't lose, you know, and, and I was – kind of counting the Cowboys out, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. Minnesota had been playing really well and, you know, Cowboys and Minnesota and all that. I, I, so I thought Minnesota, I said, boy, if if Houston loses to New England today, if Washington somehow loses to Joe Burrow and Cincinnati and Dallas as expected loses in Minnesota, the NFL has got to be just cringing because <laughs> they are going to have a bunch of two-win teams playing on Thanksgiving, right? And here, here we go. All three of those teams won in kind of unexpected results. I mean, I guess Washington a little bit more expected, but the Cowboys won that game, and that's where we'll start. Why do you think they were able to persevere through Kirk Cousins having a pretty darn good game from what it looked like, Uh, you know, Thielen making a great circus catch and as good as Minnesota has been? What do you think led to Dallas being able to put together that win? It's the offensive
0: line, and that's really the the biggest thing that I'm going to preach right now is the offensive line. Uh, In the Cowboys' first meeting with Washington, their offensive line was absolutely decimated. No Tyron Smith, no Lyle Collins, uh, no Zach Martin. They got Zach Martin back, and during the bye week, they moved him over to right tackle. They inserted Connor McGovern at right guard, and it's a very young offensive line still, but it's a much better unit that we saw Uh, A few weeks ago when they had Terrence Steele out there playing right tackle, they were able to run the ball. They were able to give Andy Dalton enough uh, time back there to make plays in the passing game. We know they've got a lot of talent. If they can just give Dalton a little bit of time uh, to make some easy throws, Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy are really good coaches. They know how to scheme things up. They know how to get these guys involved on offense. They just needed their quarterback to be protected, uh, and that's what they were able to do
1: when when they made the move of martin to to tackle and 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 we've seen some of that here in washington because of injuries again morgan moses has gone not from guard to tackle but he went from right tackle to left tackle with about 8 minutes left to go in a game in detroit uh 2 weeks ago and then started at left tackle last week you know it, Like, what do do you think that does to a psyche of a football team in in terms of, you know, you do what you're needed, but I I often think it shows like, you know, hey, you know what, he's doing this, and that dude's a pro bowler and one of the best at his position, and he's doing whatever he can to help us win a football game. I've got something more I can give. Uh, Do you think that translates over?
0: Yeah, absolutely. With Zach Martin, you know, he he's a all pro right or right guard and he moves over to right tackle and it's like he's been playing that position his entire life. I mean, Mm -hmm. he absolutely dominated right tackle last week, didn't allow a sack, didn't allow a pressure, didn't allow a hurry, was dominant in the run game. So when you got players like that, that can move over and, you know, fill that spots and you don't even have to worry about them man that that just makes you feel so good about what you know what how good some of these players really are so i agree i think i think the cowboys found a little something here with this current offensive line unit uh, is it great absolutely not it's still a, a really a really banged up group but can they be functional? I think so. And I think that gives them at least a chance to to do well on offense.
1: Hey, you know what? If you can be functional on a short week in late November, I, you know, honestly, like the dreams and, and visions that we all have of, oh, five guys on the offensive line being all healthy and being all blue chip players and processing, it just doesn't yeah, work that yeah. way. Uh, in this league. So I'm glad the Cowboys for their sake did that. Um, let me ask you a couple more from last week. I mean, obviously the strength now of this, well, I don't want to say the absolute strength because you still have Ezekiel Elliott and look like he had some nice holes to run through uh, from that offensive line and exploited them up the middle uh, for the Cowboys. But you add C.D. Lamb to Gallup and Amari Cooper Mm. and, and, and it, you know, look, I know some of the numbers weren't like huge and jumping off the board and everybody was like, wow, CD lamb, great catch that to have a triple threat like that. What does that do in general for not only the receiver group, but also does it make, in your opinion, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard's job a little bit easier because if you're a defense, you can't stop everything. You have to kind of pick and choose.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think what we've seen this year is there's been a lot lighter boxes for Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, this year, he has more runs out of six guys in the box than he has in any other year. And even with poor quarterback play, because the Cowboys receivers are so good and so explosive (laughs) – Teams have no choice but to throw a couple extra guys back there because they don't want to give up the big play. They're fine with Elliott getting four or five yards in the run game on a single play. They just don't want to be beaten for that 50, 60-yard touchdown. So right. uh, it's, it's, really, it's a really fun offense, but at the same time, it's really – frustrating because you can see how everything was lining up for this Cowboys team to have one of the best offenses in the league this year, right? If they would have had a healthy duck Prescott, even with their current offensive line, this would have been a team that was scoring 32, 33 points per game. Yeah. It's just unfortunate the way that, you know, they're, they've played four different quarterbacks this year. They've had three different left tackles. I don't know how many different combinations on the offensive line, but the receivers and the tight end Dalton Schultz, who doesn't get enough credit, uh, they're doing enough to keep this offense afloat right now, and uh, that's the hope going forward over the next six games. Can these wide receivers get hot enough and play well enough for them to win three games and steal the NFC East? We'll see.
1: Marcus Mosier, co-host of Locked On Cowboys, Landon McCool, um, with us here on uh, this crossover edition as we get you ready for Thanksgiving Day, 4.30 Eastern time between the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys battle for first place, two, three, and seven teams, which sounds absurd, but that's the reality. (laughs) Hey, that's 2020 in a nutshell. Uh, One more on the offense, Andy Dalton. Uh, You know, look, Alex Smith is viewed, and I think you guys were talking about it on your podcast as a game manager and, you know, one week he was 390 against detroit Mm. and they had this ferocious second half comeback and last week was more alex smith or what you kind of expect game management sub 200 yards that type of thing is that what you expect out of andy dalton or or what are your expectations i guess with all of those weapons that we just mentioned
0: Yeah, I think at this stage of Andy Dalton's career, he's not going to be somebody that throws into a bunch of tight windows. He's not going to have these, wow, you know, throws that we post on Twitter and we all brag about this. There's just not going to happen. What he can do is make the right read and just get the ball to the playmakers in the short to intermediate parts of the game. And that's what he did last week. Didn't try to do too much. He did have one interception, uh, but for the most part, got rid of the ball quickly, got it out of his hands. Got the Cowboys into the right play, allowed the offense to to perform at the level that it should have. I I think th- what you're hoping for, and this is this is the the ultimate hope, is kind of what like Jared Goff looks like in in Sean McVay's offense mm-hmm. right now, where sure. he just he's a point guard. He, you're not going to ask him to do too much. Just facilitate the offense, do exactly what the coaches have planned. Because again, we know this offense is really talented. We know the play design is fantastic. Just don't be the reason you lose games. I thought Andy Dalton was exactly that uh, in week 11. It's going to be a little trickier this week because this is a much better defense he's going against. Did not play well last time we saw him against Washington. Uh, I'll be curious to see if he's able to step up to the challenge this week.
1: Yeah, just watch out for John Bostick, no doubt about it. Um, All right, so let's switch to the defense because when when the two teams played last week, uh, let me see, week seven, I believe it was. Feels like three years ago. Washington (laughs) was able to run the football. Uh, Dallas was on a short week after getting blasted by Arizona. And I knew this Dallas front was more... Was better than what they actually played that day, and better mm-hmm. than what they had played throughout the year. And I still look at it, you know, like how you say, "Well, it's a tougher challenge for Dalton." Well, this is a tougher challenge, in my opinion, for Washington's offense than last week against Cincinnati. And I'm not saying that they were great against Cincinnati, but when you go against Marcus Lawrence, when you go against uh, Leighton Vander when you go mm-hmm. against Alden Smith, and and and, and I know, um, you know, Randy Gregory's back, and uh, you have a woozy. Back who didn't play in the first game and I know you guys basically switched out corners how would you describe where this defense has has uh gone since maybe that first meeting with Washington uh
0: they're improving and we going into the season we knew that this was never going to be a top 10 unit mm-hmm. it was going to take them some time to to learn this scheme I don't think anybody envisioned it being as bad as it was you know the first two months of the season but We've seen over the last month at least some improvements. They're starting to get takeaways. They're starting to become a better run defense. Uh, And I think just a couple of players I want to point out, you mentioned Demarcus Lawrence playing just fantastic football. The sack numbers aren't always there, uh, but one of the league's best run defenders. He, he's just so good and, and needs to get more credit from the national media. Alden Smith continues to be a solid run defender. Randy Gregory is starting to get more pressure on the edge. And then getting Leighton Van Der Esch back, somebody that can run uh, sideline to sideline, make tackles. Uh, not be a liability in coverage. Having him back on the field is a big, big win for the Cowboys. Uh, they're going to need him in this game because when we saw Washington last time and Antonio Gibson went absolutely wild, mm-hmm. Cowboys are going to have to be good on in run defense if they want to have a chance to stay in this game. I, again, I expect Washington to score points in this game. They should be able to move the ball up and down the field. Can Dallas get enough stops? Can they create a couple turnovers to swing this game? I feel much better about this unit now than I did a month ago.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll add this. I mean, if if Dallas and what you're describing can control and bottle up the run early, Washington gets away from it quickly. So you know, while that could lead to some big yardage numbers for Alex Smith, that also makes them more one-dimensional and then that pass rush can tee off. Uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about the Washington football team a little bit more. Uh, I know, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll dig into both sides of the football there. But I wanted to, you know, get a good feel for how the Cowboys have changed over the last month. And I hope uh, our, all of our fans, uh, Cowboy fans and Washington football fans, um, got a good look at, at what the Cowboys have been like, again, over the last month from Marcus Mosier, co-host of Locked on Cowboys Crossover Edition. We'll come back and get you ready a little bit more for this Thanksgiving Day game right here on Locked on Cowboys, Locked on Washington football team.
0: Just wanted to take a quick break to tell you guys about Echelon. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals, and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. The world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, all available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time right now you can try any echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days go to echelonfit.com slash nfl that's echelonfit.com slash nfl i also want to tell you guys about axon protecting my family is my number one priority but i want to do it safely the people at taser believe the safer self-defense is better self-defense Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove department or in your purse, yet they're powerful enough to stop an attacker. Guns carry an unnecessary risk for you and those around you, and even pepper spray can harm you as much as the attacker, and it's also ineffective. Taser products are safer and easier to use. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting, emergency dispatch, which will send the response team to your GPS location upon firing. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with Taser's network of devices, apps, and personnel. Protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart self-defense products. Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states get the taser pulse plus or taser strike light at taser.com with promo code NFL NFL save 15% now at taser.com promo code NFL restrictions apply see site for details all right we are back with Chris Russell of Locked On Washington Football um Let's talk about Alex Smith, Chris, because the last time the Cowboys in Washington played, it was Kyle Allen that was dicing up the Cowboys secondary, uh, maybe played one of the better games of his career. Uh, tell me about Alex Smith, because we've seen out him start two games. Um, I actually thought he looked pretty good in the Detroit yep. game, throwing the ball all over the place, gave them a chance to maybe go into overtime at that game. You know, Still a little bit mad at Chase Young, cost me a little bet late in that game but uh, talk to me about Alex Smith uh, yeah. what what is he doing right now how, how is he playing for Washington
1: so I, I would say you know when he came off the bench against the Giants a couple of weeks ago through three interceptions I mean obviously he's not taking first team reps um, you know he's not prepared I guess mentally and physically like you would if you know you're the starter which he's been able to do the last two weeks you mentioned the Detroit game no interceptions in that one Marcus and through for almost 400 yards but no t- touchdown passes, but led touchdown drives in a furious second half comeback. Why were they so far behind? Well, because they screwed themselves, missed field goal, a Terry McLaurin fumble uh, inside the strike zone area, all of that. So that leads to a big comeback, but that's not Alex Smith's comfort zone. Quite honestly, last week against the Bengals is more Alex Smith's comfort zone. Maybe not that low when you're throwing for, I think it was a buck 66 or whatever it was. Um, he's 14 yards away from crossing over the 35,000-yard barrier uh, as an NFL quarterback. But, uh, you know, (laughs) two years ago, when they last played this game on Thanksgiving Day in Dallas, the injury had just happened five days before, November eighteenth, two 2018. And and nobody around here, Marcus, thought Alex Smith would ever start a game, never mind playing a game. And, 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 I mean, what he's done is amazing. And I'll just add one more to you. I spent last week and I asked Alex himself. I asked Scott Turner, Norb Turner's son, the offensive coordinator, first year for Washington, and Ron Rivera. I said, You know, how has Alex improved? How has he changed in the two years? And I'll just sum it up like this Alex gave me an answer like, Oh, you know, like I ask everybody around the league, I think I'm a little bit better in terms of game plan, plan, prep, whatever. Okay, that stuff's for it. Scott Turner is like, oh, I don't know if he's really improved. You know, he's always been good. Okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Ron Rivera said, and I really appreciated this answer because I think it's true, he's improved his zip He's improved his velocity and I don't have the numbers, you know, to to measure how fast sometimes you throw a ball too fast and you don't have touch. That was one problem. He had Rivera with Dwayne Haskins. Mm -hmm. You know, he wants his quarterbacks to have touch. Alex seems to have a little more zip, a little bit more velocity. And I think he's got the touch, if you will. Um, Sometimes he's wavering a little bit in accuracy sometimes, but he's so smart. He'll get you out of a bad play. He'll get you into a bad, better play there was an example of that in deep inside their own territory last week so you know it's just the little things that Alex brings to the table and his mobility while not what it used to be is still what I would call okay or decent decent enough that he doesn't have cinder blocks on his feet quite honestly
0: yeah I was just gonna say I I mean First of all, it's fantastic to see him back, and I think it's great that he's going to be playing on Thanksgiving in front of the national media and or the national stage. I, just, I think that's great, and it's just a fantastic story. I did want to touch on that mobility because that is something that I saw kind of studying the film this week against Cincinnati is what made Alex Smith dangerous early in his career in San Francisco and even in Kansas City was – Not only was he, you know, really accurate on the short to intermediate passes, but he was this really good scrambler that could get outside the pocket and make plays with his leg or with with his legs. Um, You just don't see that much anymore. And you saw a couple of times in the Cincinnati game, if there was pressure or if there was blitzing, he was a little bit more. Tentative and more likely just to spike the ball or throw it out of the bounds. Have you noticed that at all, Chris? Is is that a
1: problem with this offense? Yeah, I mean, he's not going to run obviously any read options and and all of that stuff. We know he used that, to right? though, he, that, and um, that's the thing. I don't think people remember he used to be able to do all that kind of stuff. Exactly, and and I've even noticed that you know um, maybe they're not doing as many RPOs as they once did with him. I would say this, Marcus. There's no doubt you're you're dead on that he doesn't have the same athleticism and mobility. Nobody should ever believe that he does. And, and why would we? The guy's had 17 surgeries, catastrophic blowout of his leg. But I would also say this, and I saw it more against Detroit than I did against Cincinnati. And maybe it was because he didn't need to as much do it against Cincinnati as he did against Detroit. I would still say he's able to flush out when he needs to and dance around a little bit. It's almost like if you could picture this a boxer who is kind of dancing around to to stay alive almost, not mm-hmm. to thrive, to stay alive. And that's what I think Alex is still trying to find out about himself. I'm I, you're not going to see a lot of play action bootlegs no. where Alex is on a or a, a full sprint rollout by design. But I think he can still sometimes get away from people, depending on who it is. I mean, if it's, you know, Demarcus Lawrence screaming off the edge and he goes on block. Yeah, he's going to go down and he's going to take a sack because he knows that's the smarter thing to do. But I think he can still roll out by necessity, not necessarily by design, if that makes sense.
0: So, on the Locked On Cowboys podcast, we pride ourselves in talking about offensive linemen. We do it, we really lead our show every week talking about how the current offensive line played, how some of the backups play, or, you know, the, what's the right combination. But because I'm running the show, Atlanta's not here right now. I want to talk about receivers because that's yeah. the position I like. Uh, I want you to tell the, the, the Cowboy fans here that are listening to this podcast. Why is Terry McLaurin a top ten receiver in the league, and how is he not getting more national attention because he is an absolute superstar?
1: So what you're saying is Landon's boring, and you're not, right? <laughs> is that, is no, that no, no, no. that's not true at all. But yeah, oh, let's yeah. let's let's say it because he's not here right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure I heard that right. Okay, uh, so you know. I think Terry is is starting to get that national acclaim. I, I think I, I think the whole speech in the locker room, uh, quite honestly, after the Cowboy game, really kind of opened some people's eyes up around the uh, around the NFL world because they looked at him as oh my gosh this I didn't know about him. He's now this leader and he's this you know great guy in class and all that. I, I would just tell you this: you studied the NFL draft. I'm sure you remember this. He was widely considered the best special teams player in the two. Yeah. 2000- 2019 draft right you know how many snaps he's played at special teams in a year and three quarters now how many three I mean, that should tell you how a desperate they were for wide receiver help, Mm -hmm. but b how really good he is. He's a great route runner. He's got very good hands. Um, You know, he did have the fumble in Detroit uh, on a, on a tightly contested play. He was popped, you know, basically as he caught it and he tried to make a football move and it was a bang, bang play. Listen, mistakes are going to happen even to the best of them. But again, he's a really good route runner. He is tough. Um, He's Fast. I mean, he's four, three, eight, whatever it is. And and this year, what they've done with him, Marcus, is what I thought they were going to do with him more last year, but maybe it was just a rookie year and just a lot going on. They've moved him from just outside back into the slot a lot. And he's run routes from, you know, a three by one in the middle of the slot from the inside position in the slot to the right of the quarterback early in the year. I haven't seen them do it as much lately, but The fact that they've been able to get some more favorable matchups for him uh, and and also have deployed, again, more receivers to the same side of the formation by being able to put him inside has made it harder for teams to bracket him, double him, take him out of a game. And let's be honest, really since the Cowboy – well, I guess it was maybe the week before the Cowboy game – you know, Cam Sims has kind of emerged as a complementary mm-hmm. receiver, and, and, and that takes away some pressure and some attention from Terry. And then you have the underneath guys, specifically McKissick, who have – Become such a threat in a short passing game that, again, defenses don't know exactly how to zero in on Terry. And while they'll pay more attention to Terry, I think that's allowing him to have more of an opportunity. Uh, and, and again, I I can speak forever about the kid. The kid is the nicest 24, 25, you know, whatever he is, 24-year-old kid in the world. He's so mature. He's so polished. He's so everything you would want from a football player, that's Terry McLaurin.
0: Yeah. Just one really quick story on Terry McLaurin. Um, you know, I, heading into the senior bowl, I was doing some draft work and I happened, I didn't watch a lot of McLaurin during the regular season. So I looked at his numbers really quickly and it was like 35 receptions, his senior yeah. year at Ohio state. It, he was an older prospect. It was like, eh, okay. He goes out of the senior bowl and just nobody can cover. him. He's just open all the time. And I thought, Oh, that's kind of cool. He, he may, maybe fits six round pick. He'll, uh, He'll, he'll be a nice special team, fourth receiver in the NFL. Uh, just crazy how uh, how wrong I was. So it's it's great I to mean, see him playing this
1: well. You, you weren't the only one. Now, I thought he was going to be better than the book on him, to be honest with you. I, I really did speed, again, the combination of being able to run outside mm-hmm. and inside. I really thought he was going to be better. But when I say better, I don't mean like he was going to be a top 10, top 11 stud type that, that, you know, I really didn't. And, and, you know, so I, I, I mean, you weren't the only one let's put it this way that that you know and and that I think motivated him and what I what I like about him now is again he's getting help from cam Sims and JD mckissick wow. and earlier this year was Logan Thomas and and Logan's kind of struggled the last couple of weeks and almost I don't know hit a wall so it'll be really interesting uh to see how Terry's kind of role improves and 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 and, and gets better and you know one area that I think you know they'd like to use him more they used him early in the game last week against Cincinnati on a deep post over the middle take advantage of a safety that maybe isn't great in coverage and that can't maybe flip his hips as quickly as Terry can run past him this is fun Chris I always like uh,
0: talking about Washington in this Cowboys matchup just really quickly because we were kind of running out of time but tell me about Chase Young over the last you know few weeks because it seems like you know, had a fantastic start to the season, maybe a little bit of a you know, mm-hmm. soft or a midseason slump. I saw some uh articles out there they oh. already call them a bust or whatever, which is absolutely insane but tell me about chase young now that you've seen him for 10 games
1: yeah there's nothing that made me more furious this weekend marcus than you know a, a, a baseball writer who needed to write a column for the post to justify his salary uh calling uh, <laughs> chase young basically a bust uh, nothing that drove me crazy and that was before last sunday now listen you know pro football focus didn't grade him highly on sunday I don't care about all that stuff. I respect those guys. The impact he had on Sunday was coming around on Jonah Williams left tackle top 10 pick from a year ago. Yes, mm-hmm. I know he's been banged up. Yes, I know he's still learning the game and forcing a third down incomplete almost getting a Joe Burrow almost knocking, swatting the ball away which leads to a missed field goal the next play uh, then swallowing up a screen. I don't know if you saw that play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was second quarter. It was after the fumble uh, and of course the play that he forces is the fumble. Now listen, it wouldn't have counted as a touchdown anyway because Cincinnati held right before this. But if you watch Chase Young on the play that he obliterates Joe Burrow on, um, he's on the right defensive end spot and he rushes up and gets sucked up into on a little twist stun and and, uh, and sucked up into traffic right and he, and he can't free himself immediately. Then he finds a way to get free, Marcus, and he runs thirty-five yards across the field like a locomotive and just buries Joe, Joe Burrow. And, and, you know, obviously, I mean, there was nothing malicious and, and that no, was, was just, just a like, great hit. I mean, he yeah, just laid Mur- him out. So, yeah. It was just, you know, like, like the things that he can do, give this kid time, give this kid year two to develop some spin moves and some counters. Um, And maybe, you know, more of a swim move and a rip move, just some counter stuff. I think he's got a great first step. I think he's going to be a very, very good player. I don't know if he's ever going to be freaky elite. I, I mean, that's hard for me to say right now, but I think he's going to be a great player for a long time. I, I listen, I think he's going to be freaky elite. I
0: think he's the best defensive end prospect I've seen come out of the NFL draft in 20, 25 mm. years. Mm. If, I, if I'm taking any defensive player to build a team right now, considering his age, the the athleticism, the size, I think it might be chase young. So,
1: uh, I mean, so- that, you know, that makes me feel better hearing that from you. Cause I know you really study the draft and I'm, I'm with you. And one other thing I'll just add real quickly, like I said about McLaurin, uh, You know, I I don't know if Chase is as mature as McLaurin is. Chase is pretty damn mature for his age and for his elite athletic ability. He was raised the right way, and – he can have fun, but he's also mature and hardworking, and not a jerk, and 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 none of that diva stuff that you often worry about with somebody who's had meteoric success.
0: Yeah, you don't get that body by being a lazy guy. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a pretty uh, good physique he's got there. So, just wanted to take a quick break to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors, and it's a great combination of low calories high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, my personal favorite, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code on, and you'll get 20% off your first box, again, at BuiltBar.com. Uh, Chris, before we go, just give me a quick score prediction. It's one of my favorite things to do every single week. Yeah. Who do you have winning this game and why?
1: All right, so I'm going to uh, alienate my fan base uh, and and go with the Cowboys here. I, I think they're going to win, I'm going to call it 24-17, I'll say. Uh, I, I, just, I, I trust Alex to operate the offense. What I don't trust is their special teams, especially Dustin Hopkins. He's really struggled this year. Uh, some of their, uh, they seem to make a, a big mistake, whether it be a penalty that wipes away a positive uh, drive or some kind of turnover something uh, just at the worst time. And I really think Dallas is going to be able to run the ball against Washington uh, and Washington's going to struggle to run the ball against Dallas. So uh, I'll take the Cowboys 24 to 17. Um, and, you know, I think it'll be a good game, but I think Dallas will just be a notch better.
0: I I've got mixed feelings for this game because the Cowboys are pretty banged up in the secondary. No Trevon digs. It doesn't sound like Anthony Brown is going to play. Right. So uh, that's going to be a problem. Listen, we're recording this on Tuesday night. It's been an emotional day in Dallas it has. Uh, with uh, a medical emergency with their strength and conditioning coach. We don't know the status, but I, I just, I have a hard time believing that those guys are really going to be totally locked into this game. Uh, so i'm I'm not going to make a score prediction here i think it's going to be close uh let's chris i'm really looking forward to this game i'm I'm looking forward to to enjoying some thanksgiving football uh having a little turkey having uh, listen i like a little bit of apple pie on thanksgiving (laughs) afternoon that apple pie always tastes a little better when the cowboys are leading late in that game so uh chris tell the people where they can find your your stuff on twitter
1: uh, I appreciate you. And, 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 you know, a- apple pie is better if it's got like the, the brown sugar crumb oh, topping, yeah. right. And a little scoop of vanilla ice cream. Who oh, needs yeah, pumpkin perfect. pie when you can have apple pie, right? Exactly. Especially and that's that what, that's about. been my philosophy the whole time. If exactly. I'm going to have pie, I might as well have good pie. Exactly. Uh, so people can follow me, uh, at WrestleMania six two one WrestleMania, not WrestleMania, Russellmania six two one uh, on Twitter as well. The podcast at locked WFT pod, uh, Obviously the locked on Washington football team podcast and si.com as well covering the Washington football team uh, there with our buddy, Mike uh, Fisher. So uh, we got all that covered for you. Yeah.
0: And I'm uh, at Marcus underscore Mosier. You can follow our show at locked on Cowboys. You can also also follow my co-host Landon at McCool BCB.
1: Chris, this was a lot of fun. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, and we will see you guys next time. Happy Thanksgiving, Marcus, to you and your listeners and Landon and everything, and enjoy the game, everybody. All right.